Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Thank you. Thank you all. It's beautiful to get together like this in the spirit, in this marvelous sanctuary, the the great Arlington Street Church, so historical so marvelous here in the Boston Common where we unite together. I often hear about the Unitarian Church. I've spoken even at the uh, General Assembly, whatever it's called. You know, my friends call themselves the UU Boos. (laughs) Recently I spoke in Washington at the National Cathedral. The rector there calls himself an Episcopal, what do you call it, Budapalian. I don't call myself a Jew-boo, but some might. <laughs> My old friend Ramdas, a Hindu. You know, there's so many hybrids and hyphenets in our country today because we have melting pot karma here in this country, obviously. Therefore, we have melting pot dharma, melting pot spirituality. One can also say oneself is a Catholic with a small c, meaning universal originally. I myself first heard the great Tibetan pioneering master Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, founder of the Rope Institute in Boulder, speak here in the early 70s from this very pulpit. And I know that so many great hearts and minds and spirits have been joined here over the decades, the centuries. I'd like to talk today about enlightened leadership, enlightened living, and particularly a model for that, a role model, exemplar, called in Buddhism the Bodhisattva, perhaps called in other traditions saint, elder with a capital E, enlightened leader, philosopher king, or whatever, spiritual hero in Japan, sacred warrior. It's an image, the Bodhisattva, of the Buddha to be. The Buddha said he was a Bodhisattva for 500 lifetimes before reaching Buddhahood. Because the spiritual path is a journey that we undertake, not something that's dropped on our head from above or from the pulpit. It's an undertaking, it's a journey, an infinite journey, a journey that includes all through the recognition of our inseparability and interconnectedness, that we need each other to complete and fulfill the promise of this spiritual life, this journey, that we need each other. The Dalai Lama has said, we need each other to become enlightened because wisdom and compassion, developing compassion depends on each other, empathy, connection, loving kindness, generosity, sharing, and all of the 10 practices of enlightened living that I've written about in my new book, The Original Practices of Buddhist, of Enlightened Living, The Ten Transformative Virtues, or Paramitas, The Ten Panacean Virtues, The Ten Buddhist Virtues, or Paramitas, The Ten Principles of Enlightened Living. 
how we can become those enlightened leaders, not just think that there's somebody in ancient times like Jesus or Buddha who did it, or somebody remote from us far away that looks very different, like the Dalai Lama or Thich Nhat Hanh of Vietnam, Aung San Suu Kyi of Burma, or Mother Teresa, but that we can become the ushers to usher in the kingdom of heaven here and now, not wait for the Messiah to come and appoint some ushers. That we must become the changes we want to see in the world, as Mahatma Gandhi said, one of the greatest enlightened leaders and bodhisattvas, spiritual and social activists of our modern era. Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln, Eleanor Roosevelt, and even today, modern bodhisattvas, like Bono of U2, with his great philanthropic works, going from becoming a rocker to a bodhisattva, a Buddha-to-be, a spiritual activist, altruist, bodhisattva. You, too, can become a bodhisattva. <laughs> Thank you. Look at the world around us. I don't need to tell you. I know that your community, shepherded by Kim and other good shepherds here, go to help out and volunteer in New Orleans regularly and so on. I really commend you and, and bow to you for that. Bodhisattva service, service, altruism, the heart of the Bodhisattva way of enlightened leadership. What Robert Greenleaf brilliantly called in his classic on, the, on the, this field, Servant leadership decades ago, not leading the servants in revolution, but service-oriented leadership, servant leadership, being like the good shepherd who doesn't retire to the fold at night until all the sheep are gathered in safely. Bodhisattvas are called in the Buddhist scriptures wish-fulfilling jewels who can transform into whatever is wanted and needed, like a guide, like a ship's captain, like a protector, like a teacher, mentor, parent, grandparent, like medicine, like a bridge for beings to walk across to the other shore, so-called other shore of enlightenment, of freedom. I think the Bodhisattva is the ultimate, is the highest spiritual ideal that I know of. Although Tibetans didn't know much about other religions being sequestered behind the Himalayas till the 1950s, they certainly knew about Jesus and they considered him a great Bodhisattva. I mean, what's not to like about Jesus and his message? They didn't know much about history and other things that went on in between, but Jesus and his message, not the church and its politics or complications, but Jesus and his message of love, compassion, impartiality, the last shall come first, and so on. Great Bodhisattva. And not just only one begotten son, Thomas Akempis, the medieval mystic of Europe, talked about the imitation of Christ in his classic, The Imitation of Christ. We have to imitate that lifestyle, not just the hairstyle, not just the clothes style, not getting crucified on a cross by some um, invading army from abroad, which still goes on today, by the way, in the Middle East even. But... Perhaps it's our ego that has to sacrifice itself to the greater good or to the divine work. Maybe that's some inner meaning of Jesus' 
sacrifice on the cross. But what do I know? I only know about Buddhism. So Buddha is as Buddha does. The ten original practices for enlightened living is dedicated to the young people. In fact, although I happen to know Tibetan and some Sanskrit and a few other languages partially, I begin with a quote from the great Bodhisattva, Dr. Zeus. Maybe some of you are familiar with him. In the Lorax, 40 or 50 years ago, he was, the Lorax was the first book in America, popular book, to be strongly advocating saving this green planet, environmentalism. Dr. Zeus, the Lorax. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Now, usually in my persona as a Buddhist teacher and meditation master, I would never point the finger at anyone. Of course, Buddhism doesn't proselytize. But here from this pulpit with this quote, I think we have to realize Dr. Zeus is pointing at each of us. Unless someone like you and me cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. This is the raison d'etre, the reason for being of the bodhisattva, of the spiritual warrior, the bodhisattva, the Buddha-to-be, the ultimate social and spiritual activist who has dedicated this life and all one's lifetimes to the ultimate benefit for the greatest number. In Buddhist jargon, to deliverance and enlightenment, liberation for all sentient beings, not just human beings, all beings. Dedicating ourselves to the ultimate benefit of the greatest number. That's the ultimate social and spiritual activist, the bodhisattva. You don't have to be a Buddhist to be a bodhisattva, as I've been pointing out. We have many other examples who never heard of Buddhism. Rabbi Hillel from the second century in Palestine, who said, if not you, who? If not now, when? Is this not the fearless war cry of the bodhisattva awakener? A bodhisattva is an edifier, friends, an awakener, like an alarm clock going off. It's up to us when we take the pillow off our ears. We'll stop hitting the snooze button. You know, many are called, but few choose to awaken, as tis said. Awaken from what? Awaken from the dreams of illusion, egotism, self-clinging. Time is limited today, so I'm not going to go into the ten virtues of generosity, patience, enthusiastic effort, mindful awareness, skillful means, and so forth. The ten paramitas, or as my friend calls it, the ten paramecium. The Ten Transcendental Virtues of Original Practices of the Bodhisattva, how we can practice these on the outer, inner, and secret, or innermost level. But I do want to just mention, in the classic book, The Way of the Bodhisattvas, by Shantideva, the peace master, Shantideva, the gentle angel, Shantideva, the master of ancient India, he wrote this classic, Entering the Way of the Bodhisattva. He says, the source of all happiness is to cherish others more than to cherish oneself. The source of all the suffering in the world is to cherish myself more than I cherish others. Is this not Jesus' way, Buddha's way, Rumi's way, St. Francis's way, Krishna's way, the great way of awakening from the sleep, the, of, the dream of selfishness, of separateness, of delusion, greed, and confusion, from the feeling of separateness, greed, and aversion? not recognizing our interconnection with all things. <laughs> How we're all interdependent. 
To put it in English, selfishness is the cause of all suffering. Unselfishness, the cause of happiness. Thus, altruism, friends, is the essence of it all. But how can we learn to give more the first transcendental virtue or paramita, panacea in practice, paramita, that reaches all the way to the other shore? How can we give more caritas, self-giving, not just giving change and donations, material things, but self-giving, giving love, encouragement, support, giving of ourselves, our time and energy? And the innermost source of generosity, realizing contentment, non-attachment, contentment is the greatest form of wealth. How could I be greedy or competitive when I realize I have everything I need? That it is all available within, within this moment, not just within myself, within each other, within this moment. So all of these virtues have outer, inner, and secret or, or mystical ultimate levels, which I've explained in this book according to the Vajrayana or Diamond Path of Tibetan Buddhism. You won't read this anywhere else in English. And the special secret of the Bodhisattva, being there while getting there every single step of the way. Not postponing enlightenment until all are enlightened. Realizing time and space are relative. Not waiting for anything. Enjoying the joy path of spiritual awakening. Spiritual joy. Celebrating the spirit. Spirit is ecstatic. No, not static. Celebrating the spirit. Soaring. Catching the updraft of spirit. Not just spending aeons schlepping to enlightenment. Uh, like it's such a chore. That's why we always say Buddhism is more fun. This is not compared to anything else, by the way. <laughs> it might not even be true. Who knows? But we try to take ourselves more lightly. Lighten up while enlightening up on the path, joyous spiritual path of awakening. If we take ourselves too seriously, it's not much fun. Of course, virtue is its own reward. This is a non-dual mystical understanding that in the form of a common cliche, everybody knows. Again, doing virtue just because it's the only thing to do is right, not because we'll get something back later or in heaven. Abraham Lincoln, great bodhisattva, said, when I do good, I feel good. When I do bad, I feel bad. This is my religion. Do good, feel good. Do bad, feel bad. I like this kind of religion, beyond isms and schisms. Religion is supposed to be a unifying factor, friends. The word religio etymologically means to unite, to bring together. And yet today, look what we have. Religious warfare, and we've had it before. And extreme views and fanaticism and more violence from extreme religious views and fanaticism. We have to do something about this and moreover root this out of our own hearts and minds. The true battlefield, the soul from which all war and conflict actually springs. Dharma, or transformative spirituality, is an inside job. It's up to us to take it up, should we feel compelled to. So I'd like to now have a little, lead a little Tibetan chant and meditation, a little compassion and loving kindness meditation. We're gonna chant the Dalai Lama's mantra the mantra of the Buddha of love and compassion, joy and forgiveness and mercy, called Avalokiteshvara, Chenrezig in Tibetan, Kuan Yin in Chinese. In English, the Buddha embodying love and compassion, joy equal to all. 
chanting Om Mani Padme Hung, which literally means the jewel in the lotus. No, not the Jew, the jewel in the lotus. But on the inner level, it means the Buddha is within, within each of us and within each other and within every moment and within all beings. As we say in Buddhism, all beings are endowed with the luminous Buddha nature, not just human beings, not just our beloved pets, but even the insects and the, and the snakes and spiders also. All beings, seen and unseen, are God's creatures endowed with the luminous Buddha nature. So the jewel in the lotus means the Buddha is within, not the Buddha statue, not the male Indian Buddha of old, but the Buddha-ness, the Buddha nature, the inner light, as Quaker founder George Fox called it long ago. The inner light, the clear light, is within, within each of us, and we can discover it. We can realize it. We can awaken to it. We can be it. We can live it, embody it, and radiate it in the world. The Bodhisattva is, after all, a beacon, an illuminer, an awakener, a lighthouse, a pole star guiding us toward, into the light. So let's chant together if you feel like it. Otherwise, just relax and have a few moments of mindful contemplative sweetness, a few moments of mindfulness. We'll chant Om Mani Padme Hung. I'll give a little guided, a few guided reflections as we go along. And don't worry, it won't be too long. So please join with me, if you wish, in the Chenrezy meditation or Great Compassion, Loving Kindness meditation, chanting Om Mani Padme Hung, breathing deeply, opening our hearts and minds, letting the innate Buddhiness or bodhicitta, the good-heartedness, flow into us and out of us, through us, into the world. So we become vessels of light, bodhisattvas, awakeners, edifiers in this benighted world and can contribute meaningfully to a more peaceful, wise, and sane world for us, for our children and the generations to come. Oh, mani padme hung. Oh, mani padme hung. This is in the program. Oh, mani padme Beings be happy, content, fulfilled. Deeply, let it out. Open the heart chakra.
May all be awakened, liberated, healed, free. May we all together complete the spiritual journey. Loving kindness to all, wishing them well. Compassion for all, feeling what they feel, and we move to help. Love for all, love unconditional, divine. Selfless love, caritas, self-giving, unconditional love. One with all, oh, embracing all, accepting all, tolerating all, just as they are, including oneself, accepting oneself totally, warts and all, oh, Compassion for yourself, cut yourself some slack for change. Loving yourself, filling with love, soaking in it, complete in love, healing through love, peace, joy, inner bliss. Harmony, oneness, Omani, Omani, beings everywhere with whom we are inseparably interconnected and who want to need the same as we do. We will be awakened, liberated, 
healed, fulfilled, and free. May there be peace and harmony in this world and an end to poverty, injustice, violence, and oppression. And may we all together complete the spiritual journey. And I bow to the Buddha in your seat. Don't overlook her. Thank you all. God bless. Buddha bless.